HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. episode of Time for Lunch is brought to you by the wonderfully Michigan Montmorency Tart Cherries at ChooseCherries.com. Welcome to Time for Lunch. This is a place to learn about eating, cooking, enjoying, and sometimes playing with your food. Each episode, we cover a new subject. I'm Hannah Forden. And I'm Harry Rosenblum. Tune in for food, fun, and flavor. For lunch. So, Hannah, tell me about your lunch today. I had a chicken salad sandwich, and it was delicious. It had celery and carrots and mayonnaise and was on a delicious piece of crunchy sourdough bread. How about you? I just got off a plane, so I had airplane food for lunch. I'm so sorry. Yeah, but you know, when you're on a plane and that's all they give you, that's what you get. We have a special guest here for lunch today, and it's up to you, the listener, to guess who they are and what the theme of today's episode is. What shape are you? I'm sometimes round and sometimes oval. And what color are you? My insides are pink, and my outside is green. Sometimes I have white or black seeds. Hmm. Are you something that's grown or something that's made? I grow. Are you a fruit? A vegetable, a grain, or an animal? I'm not sure, but that question will be answered a bit later in the episode. What part of the world are you from? I grow best in hot weather with lots of sun, so I'll be happiest growing in warm places. And how do you grow? On a vine, close to the ground. And what do you taste like? I'm sweet and refreshing. Can you guess what I am? A A watermelon. watermelon. So, Harry, I hear that you have a very special watermelon-related talent. Yes. uh, I once won a watermelon seed spitting contest. Impressive. How far did you spit it? It was a long time ago, but I think it was about 19 feet. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have a legendary watermelon seed spitter right here. I think it's time for some jokes. Two melons are walking along the street. The first melon says to the other, Honey, do you love me? The second melon says, Yes, but we can't elope. Now it's time for our question of the day. The answer to this question is hidden somewhere in this episode. 
This week, we want you to tell us, what part of the world did watermelons originally come from? We're going to take a quick break while you think about the answer. Stay tuned. It's still time for lunch after the break. This episode of Time for Lunch is brought to you by the wonderfully Michigan Montmorency Tart Cherries. Did you know that there are more than 1,000 kinds of cherries in the United States? But there's one extra special cherry called the Montmorency that I want to tell you about. They're tart cherries, which means they're a little sweet and a little sour. Michigan produces about 75% of the U.S. tart cherry production. That's the state that looks like a mitten way up next to Canada. Montmorency tart cherries are grown on family farms and harvested in late July and early August. It's hard to find them fresh. 99% of the tart cherries are processed into dried, frozen, canned, and made into juice, so we can enjoy them all year long. Yum, I love cherries. Montmorency tart cherries are one of America's superfruit, which means they're good for you. Not only are tart cherries delicious, they provide nutrients and antioxidants that young eaters need to keep their minds and bodies healthy. Learn more about the wonderfully Michigan-grown Montmorency tart cherry at choosecherries.com. Welcome back to Time for Lunch. Since we're talking about watermelons today, I had to call up one of my farmer friends to teach us about this tasty summer treat. My name's Nat Bradford. We have a farm in Sumter, South Carolina, and um, I'm a farmer. My farm is all about vegetables and plants and those kinds of things. Nat knows a lot of fun facts about watermelons. He was nice enough to tell me a bit about them while he was driving around delivering vegetables. They're the, the vegetable camels of the, of the desert. Watermelons all come from Africa in the desert region of Africa, Kalahari Desert of Africa. So it's really hot, sandy, not very much rain, but they're able to take soil that's down deep in the, or water that's down deep in the soil and store it just like a camel in these big giant green vessels, you know, the watermelon. And they'll store that water in that watermelon until it's time for them to grow again. And that nourishes the, the seeds for the next crop. So that's how it's done in nature. Nat's family has been growing a very special variety of watermelons that has been passed down for generations. It was during the Revolutionary War. There was one of the young Americans got captured by the British down in the Caribbean Sea. While he was in prison, one of the guardsmen gave him a slice of watermelon. And it was the best watermelon he had ever eaten. So he put the seeds in his pocket. When he got out of the war, he went back to his farm down in Sunbury, Georgia, um, which is a little town on the coast of Georgia on a river. And he started growing those watermelons there. And he grew them for his family and passed them down to his grandchildren. And one of those grandchildren shared those seeds with my great-great-great-granddad. The best we know, it was sometime around 1840 or so. Um, the way the story goes is that someone shared some really awesome, really sweet watermelon seeds with him. And he took those seeds and crossed it with another watermelon and made a whole new watermelon that was turned out to be the sweetest, 
most delicious, most desirable watermelon in the United States back in those days. Those are some very special seeds. Nat's family, the Bradfords, have been saving seeds and growing their own unique heirloom varieties. That means that through a lot of hard work and a bit of science, their watermelons are unlike any that you will find in the grocery store. Our watermelon is a big watermelon. It's about four times bigger than the ones you'll see in Walmart. And it's dark green, like a, like a big cucumber. And I would say you, to describe the taste of it and the texture of it, the way it feels in your mouth, I always tell folks, if you're used to the watermelons in the market, in the grocery stores, I call that hard candy. Ours is cotton candy. It just melts in your mouth. As soon as you cut the watermelon, the whole room smells like watermelon. It pours juice out. You know, you have to have a tray to catch the juice. And ours has large white seeds. It's, it's just going to be different than any. It's like soft serve ice cream. You know, you get that ice cream out of the refrigerator or out of the freezer and you can't hardly scoop it. That's like uh, like the typical watermelon in the grocery stores. Ours is that soft serve ice cream. So Nat, how do you like to eat watermelon? My favorite way is I'll cut it in half. I'll cut a big old wedge out of it. And then out of that wedge, I make little small wedges. And I eat them wedge after wedge after wedge until, and I eat it all the way down to the skin. So the rind on our watermelon is so tender. If you like cucumbers, it's like eating a crisp cucumber. Every time I eat a wedge, I get to eat that sweet piece of heart right in the middle, all the way down to the tart, crisp, fresh rind. And then I start it all over again. So that's how I like. I like to do wedges. I think I'm ready for a slice of watermelon right now. But first, Dance break! Thanks to Breakmaster Cylinder for those fun tunes. Now, back to the subject of melons. At the beginning of the show, we asked the question, are watermelons fruits or vegetables? The answer turned out to be more complicated than we expected. So we turned to another expert. I'm Annie Novak. I'm an urban farmer and a birder and a book nerd. Asking whether a watermelon is a fruit or a vegetable is an important one because your parents are going to tell you you have to eat your vegetables. And the honest fact from a botanical perspective is that there's no such thing as a vegetable. Um, so what I mean by that is that plants, if you're a botanist or a gardener or a farmer, uh, plants have parts. They have roots and stems and leaves and flowers and fruits and seeds. So if you think of that list again, you don't hear the word vegetable. And the word vegetable is something that we talk about once we enter the kitchen. So if you're out in your farming field or in your garden and you're looking at a watermelon, you're going to call it a fruit. And if you're looking at a tomato, you're going to call it a fruit. And if you're looking at a cucumber, you're going to call that a fruit too, because a fruit is something that has seeds uh, on the inside. 
sometimes on the outside, okay, like a strawberry. Um, but once you go into the kitchen, uh, holding your watermelon and your cucumber, suddenly both of those fruits change their names. The cucumber becomes a vegetable and the watermelon stays a fruit. Uh, the smartest thing to say if your parents really want to convince you to eat well is just to say, eat as much produce as possible. Um, produce is just like a big blanket word and it means all the fruits and stems and leaves and flowers and fruits and seeds. And uh, I personally eat lots of produce every day and enjoy it very much. We're gonna make a melon with some whipped cream inside it. So let's do this. We're taking the seeds out to make the some of the middle clear. Now we're cutting it into small pieces. I'm Frank and my dad Harry is helping us. So now we're gonna put whipped cream inside it. So we're putting whipped cream inside it and now we're gonna have some after we're, we're finished. Frank, tell me the inspiration behind cantaloupe with whipped cream. It's a dessert that you can have. You just have to have melon, a melon and whipped cream. Give it a try. Enjoy. Before we wrap up today, we're going to hear a book recommendation from our friend Albie in New York's Hudson Valley. The name of the book is Green Eggs and Ham. My favorite character? I like the little guy. Sam, I learned that if if you try new things, you you if you you might like it, and if you don't, my mom has this rule about you have to always try something new. The three bite rule. At the beginning of the episode, we asked, "What part of the world did watermelons originally come from?" Watermelons all come from Africa, in the desert region of Africa, Kalahari Desert. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Time for Lunch. We'll be back next week with more tasty stories. The show is written, produced, edited, and hosted by Harry Rosenblum and Hannah Forden, with engineering by Jess Kryanchich and Liam Warner. Special thanks to Zelda from Buffalo, New York, for the joke. Time for Lunch is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Please stay in touch. Whether you have a joke you'd like to share, or if you'd just like to tell us what you had for lunch, we love to hear from our listeners. Please send us your recipes, poems, book recommendations, or anything else you think we'd like. It's easy to record yourself using the Voice Memo app on an iPhone. Ask a grown-up to help you email us at timeforlunchpodcast at gmail.com. Please include your name, age, and your address so we can send you something in return. Thanks for listening.